They're not the Ridiculous Six or the Magnificent Seven, but we went and got our buzz on. Welcome to Buzzed Off Film, the spoiler-free mini-episode review podcast show. Of course, the sister podcast to High on Film, our regularly scheduled programming, uh, where we have guests and discuss movies in full, which includes, most often, spoilers. Not here, though. You're in safe space. Welcome. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. How you doing? We saw The Hateful Eight from 2015, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. QT. How about that? Let's get to my co-host. He's the man who's right to my left. He is here for every episode of Buzzed Off Film and every single episode of High On Film. You know him as the co-host from the couch. I know him as the Brad Davis that God gave us. Brad Davis. Christopher Maxwell. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Hey, doing well, doing well. Having a little coffee. A little coffee. Discussing the new Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, both high on our lists of uh, movies we were excited for. Coffee and, and Hateful Eight? Yeah, movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Although, to be fair, there's like nine people in that haberdashery. Yeah, it, the numbers I, are a little... Maybe only five of them are hateful, I want to say. Yeah, he get, he, he plays a little loose with the eight, but still, yeah. I'm not going to fault him for well, it. Well, with some flashbacks and stuff, you get a cast of like 16-ish, give uh, or take. That's so. why I was a little surprised in the opening credits when I saw that many actors. I was like, oh, so I guess more than eight, but yeah. yeah. Oh, well. You, they need it. They need it. Let's get into it. If you don't know what this movie's about, I don't know what hole you've been living in. Um, it's like this in Star Wars and Revenant right now. Are the everywhere. So uh, let's get into our first segment, movie trailer voices, where Brad and I have each prepared our own personal movie trailers for The Hateful Eight. Brad Davis, what do you got for us? All right. Post-Civil War Wyoming. Two bounty hunters... One taking a prisoner seeks shelter at a haberdashery to wait out a blizzard. Upon arrival, they find four mysterious men who may or may not be who they say they are. These eight under the same roof will bring out their hateful side. Bullets will fly and heads will roll in Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, The Hateful Eight. Eighth film. Eighth ah, film. There we go. Sounded like you said blizzard at one point. Blizzard? Too, blizzard. Mm, mm. Should have done my vocal warm-ups. <laughs> you should have, man. Ugh. Still, good. More detailed than I went, for sure. I went a little more style than, than that, but All right, I'm well, glad you, you delved into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. All right, well, let's hear what you got. <clears throat> this winter, catch a stagecoach to the second or third best movie theater experience of the year. Trust only goes so far for two bounty hunters, a live bounty and a sheriff, when they get unexpectedly snowed in with four strangers at a lonely haberdashery. Identities are questioned, grudges are uncovered, and blood is spilled with Quentin Tarantino and The Hateful Eight. Oh, you gotta do a pretty decent amount of detail there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> I listed bounty hunters. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, that's more detailed than mine, actually. But either way, yeah, that's... You get the idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I should mention, there's a decent amount about race in this film mm -hmm. as well. Uh, as well as justice, in addition to grudges and vengeance and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, but anyway, let's jump into our next segment. To pee or not to pee. Or, you're in, you're out. Uh, this time, we, we being Brad and myself, of course, uh, tell you when we think it's probably safe to use a bathroom. Uh, or step out of the theater if you should 
need to during the middle of the movie without missing anything too consequential or too exciting. Um, and sure, this is a three-hour Quentin Tarantino Western. Yeah, over three hours. Over three-hour yeah. uh, Western. So, inevitably, you might have gotten a large... Inevitably, you might have gotten a large big gulp. Because <laughs> that is an inevitability at the movie theater. So, Brad... We saw, I should mention actually, we saw the 70mm Roadshow version, which is complete with an overture and intermission. So I guess we should start by saying go pee during the intermission. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely pee during the intermission. Uh, I'll Also, to note, the theater I went to uh, did not have any trailers before it. Yes, the Roadshow has no trailers. Yeah, so that also kind of... Good point. That's something you should keep in mind when you're going to the theater. Like, oh, I have, you know, an extra, you know, ten minutes of trailers. You don't. The Overture goes for a little bit, which, I mean, it's very nice, but if you're running a little... And Ian Morricone, man, the yeah. legendary from yes. Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Um, but I would say uh, the first hour or so of the movie, first 45 minutes, I think you're... Probably safe to run out if you really need to, if you can't wait, because I think the intermission comes in about an hour and 40 into the movie. Um, but Well, I don't think they get it if you go see it in 35mm. I don't think there's yeah, an intermission. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, so if you don't get that intermission, I would try to knock it, try to do that within the first hour of the movie. You can probably, you won't miss much, and anything you miss, it, it, it will be spoken about again, brought into question again, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Once you're into the second half of the movie, if you're seeing it with the 70 millimeter, once you're past intermission, you're gonna pretty much want to be in your seat the whole time. Agreed. From and that's an hour and four. If you're not seeing it with the intermission, that's from about an hour and forty on. Yeah, I'll tell you. I think you're pretty much uh, saying what I'm saying here. Uh, I think anytime before they actually get to the haberdashery, yes, you can probably go to the bathroom once they're there. I mean, try to stay in your seat. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it because it is a lot of fun Quentin Tarantino dialogue and stuff. But there is a little bit of repeated info, as as we kind of talked about off mic. Um, and I, I think you can probably get out and come back and not still know everything that's going on and not miss any big clue that's going to lead into the mystery. Once they get to the haberdashery, though, before or after intermission, you got to stay in your seat, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the meat of this thing. For what it's worth, where we measure uh, our opinions of the film against the price of the ticket. Now, our 70mm roadshow of The Hateful Eight was $13.50. Brad, what's it worth to you? Uh, I mean, this is... Tarantino's easily one of, if, one of my, if not my favorite, working director. Uh, so this is, you know, if you tell me beforehand $20 to see this movie, I'm paying $20 to see this movie. Would I feel like I got $20 worth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, uh, I, I, I'm not in love with this film uh, as much as some of the other Tarantino films. It's really good. It's really fun. Um, and it ranks up there, you know, is right now as far as movies of the year for me, which... I'm a little behind on, but it, it's, you know, right up there on my list. It's in my top ten. Yeah. Um, it's too long. It's three hours and seven minutes, and like we said, the first hour could be cut it down to a, probably about 20 minutes if you really wanted to. Wow. I think. Wow, you are going in there with an axe. Huh? I, I'm saying, and I, I think it was long <laughs> for the purpose of being long. He wanted to make an epic. And with, Tar like you said, with Tarantino's dialogue, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. 
from a from an efficiency standpoint, it felt a little unnecessary at times. Okay. Um, See, I, I found the I found it to be like a little more of like an old Hollywood style pacing. It is. Um, I mean, it was certainly the first half. I think is more like an old Hollywood movie before the second half turns into a Tarantino film. Like Tarantino lets the blood out. Like he opens the blood elevator in, in Shining. Yes. Um, because uh, I mean, the violence in the second half is gratuitous, but so fun. Yes. I, I mean, like you're laughing. Like you're you're not sitting there like, oh my god. You're sitting there like laughing at the absurdity of it. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's it's as bloody as. You know, Kill Bill 1, I think. I mean, if not, bloodier. Oh, it's bloody. Uh, and it's a little more brutal than Kill Bill, potentially. It's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah, um, I would say this is probably more brutal. But yeah, it's beautifully shot. If you still can see it in 70mm, uh, I'd say do that. Because I would pay $20 to see this in 70mm. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I was saying to you, the there's the whodunit aspect of it, which I feel gets a little muddled, a little... Just not as crisp as Tarantino usually is with that kind of stuff. Still works. A little easy. A little easy. Uh, everything works, but yeah, just a, something was a little a notch below his level of excellence. Yeah. His typical level of excellence. I get that. Yeah. Um, but, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Acting. I think Sam Jackson actually is my pick for best actor of the year right he, now. He was awesome. Um, great to see him in a lead role again, and he has a speech in this film that rivals any Tarantino Sam Jackson speech he's had in the past. It's, uh, uh, yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, uh, Walton Goggins is great in this. Jennifer Jason Lee's awesome. Jennifer Jason Lee is awesome in this movie. She, I mean, especially down the stretch, she gets, she gets some good scenes. Yeah. But I, I, there's, I didn't mind, there's, I, I didn't mind, I did mind a little bit of Tarantino voiceover. Really kind of took me out of it. Yeah. In, there were some interesting choices structure-wise and, uh, a reveal wise not to give too much away that were were interesting that's kind of what goes with what I was saying before a little sloppy yeah could have tightened it up and shown it through the filmmaking rather than having to come in and be like almost hey guys listen it's me the director let yeah. me tell you what you need to know yeah and that's that felt like I was like wait what is this there's no voice over the entire film and then suddenly halfway through there is okay well anyway I did really really like it uh, where does it rank in your Tarantino do you know for sure or, or vaguely? Uh, I've been thinking a lot about this. I mean, for me, it's always Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards are pretty much locked in at one, two, and pretty much Jackie Brown at number three. I'd probably have to put Reservoir Dogs. This actually movie reminds me a lot of Reservoir Dogs, and I would probably have to put that above this just due to the efficiency of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I might put Hateful Eight right there, probably right above Django. The whodunit effect of this movie caught me, kept me a little more on edge, and I was a little more into it than I was in Django, where Django's just kind of traveling around shit happening. Um, so yeah, I'd probably put Hateful Eight there, then Django, Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2. Death Proof. And then, De oh, I've not seen Death Proof. Mm, the other Kurt Russell yes. Tarantino film. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a lot like Reservoir Dogs, and I should mention another Kurt Russell movie, The Thing has a lot in common with this movie, which is really interesting. Um, it's just because Kurt Russell's in that, too, and it's a Snowden, no no one to trust. Um, yeah, it's a fun mix of that and Reservoir Dogs and probably Good, Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> yeah. Where does it fall on your list, then, on Terry? Uh, probably fifth. I think uh, my top yeah. ones are the same as yours. Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, Jackie Brown, Reservoir Dogs, Hateful Eight. Yeah. 
again, I gotta revisit both Kill Bill movies. I mean, I didn't love them, but I, I've always thought about them. I've always remembered scenes that I really, really love. So I gotta, I gotta revisit those, but they're probably next. And then it's maybe Death Proof and Django, or vice versa. One of those, those two are at the bottom. Even though I've liked them all. Yeah. Oh, I like all of them. And Not the to Kill give Bills, any discredit. Yeah. Yeah. Kill Bill One, I've seen a lot more times than Kill Bill Two. Mm. I've only seen that maybe twice, so I should revisit as well. Well, Brad. You just saw The Hateful Eight. What are you going to do next? Uh, I'm going to see the other movie that I told myself I have to see in theaters. Hateful Eight being one, and the other is The Revenant. Mm. That is top of my list right now of movies to see. Uh, you know, some other, you can wait a little bit, comes on DVD or whatever. Uh, but The Revenant is a must experience in theaters. I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> bastard. It's great. It's it, one of my top three favorite movies. And wouldn't you agree, should probably see it in theaters? Yes. Yeah, it's it's the most beautifully uh, photographed film of the year. And it is, I mean, it's shot like nothing I've seen before. It has a really unique look to it. It's great. Yeah, well, but we'll get more into this in the buzzed off film when we do that, when I see The Revenant. There we go. Uh, Chris, you just saw The Hateful Eight. What are you going to do next? You know, much like you, I am going to... <clears throat> Excuse me, continue relishing and then catching up on uh, 2015's Westerns. Uh, for some reason, there was a bunch of Westerns last year. Hateful Eight, The Revenant, two of them. Also, Slow West. I still have to see that. Another one of my top three movies from last year. Um, somewhat Star Wars. And uh, Bone Tomahawk. The other Kurt Russell Western from last year. That's supposed to be bloody and awesome. Um, really, really looking forward to seeing that one. Actually, the only one I haven't seen of all of them. Yeah. Actually, Mad Max is a little westerny too. Definitely. Yeah. So that's that's it, man. Uh, and that's it for Buzzed Off Film. Boom. Go see Hateful Eight, and if you did, or if you do, tweet at us, email us at the High on Film Show at Gmail or at High on Film on every other social media available to you. Uh, I'm at Cross Maxwell on the Twitter and the Instagram. Brad. Uh, at BD Always GP uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Boom. Monday. Tomorrow, or two days from now, what day is this? <laughs> We've got I'm Gonna Get You Sucker for High On Film with writer and director of the new film This Is Happening, but we're not watching that one because it's not out until Tuesday, January 5th. We're actually watching I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, one of his favorites uh, from uh, the Wayans Brothers, um, and we have a great time with that. Of course, Boogie Nights with Clark Kohler is still out, and of course, coming up, the third annual. McConuary. I'm so excited. <laughs> Can't wait. A uh, nice introspective look at the work of Matthew McConaughey coming up later in the month. And that's it for us, guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Have a great time at the movies. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>